0: They only see what they want to see. Cole Sear, played by Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense.
1: He's kind of crazy. She's
0: a little insane. Keeping Kennedy G really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver
1: Linings play cast. Oh, yeah.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. This is your host, Jamie Ward. I am the host of the Silver Linings Playcast as far as I know. It is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. We have a super special episode today. This is being done very differently than it's ever been done. I know we've done episodes from inside my car, from remote locations, This one is actually being done inside a just wonderful place uh, where art is created. But because we are recording on location, you may hear some background noise. There is uh, construction projects going on. Uh, Not even sure what they are. There's drilling, there is cooking, uh, there is cats. There is all sorts of things. So just know that there there will be noises, but that's okay. Because you know what? That means this is real. This ain't no... uh, Made up, dramatized, scripted. This is this isn't the WWE. This is UFC. This is this is Conor McGregor uh, getting his humility check. Uh, this is reality, baby. All right. Also, another super special reason why this episode is amazing. We have a very special guest. I know I build up all our guests we've ever had, uh, and this is going to be recorded more like just a casual conversation because we have some specific things we definitely need to talk about, uh, but our guest is cooking at the same time, so uh, there may be little breaks I'll be filling in for uh, things. So, let I said say that's not even a word. Without further ado, let me please introduce our guest. One of my favorites we've had to date. I know, along with all my other favorites because I'm best friends with basically everybody who's been on here, so I don't want to encourage, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, "Mm, hmm, there's differences. All right, Uh, this guest was the third B spelling grade (laughs) in the Dyslexic League, Illinois State Championship spelling grade. Uh, She, Won the semifinals and then lost out on the final word, which was chiasmus because uh, kids don't know what that means, but adults do. Now, an IMDb-credited actress and a student of Gordon Ramsay's Masterclass subscription service available for one ninety nine. not a sponsor of our show. If they'd like to be Masterclass, please know I am looking for my first sponsors. Anyway, we had an amazing time rewatching the movie Silver Linings Playbook. It took we us four days. How it was. It, it took place over a week. A week's time, I think. I, uh, Two trips, a week's time, three days, two locations. Sorry, two locations. <laughs> Uh, it finally took the assistance of two other people to help us sit down and get through it so that we didn't stop it at the rate. We were.
1: We only paused it like four times, I think, the other night.
0: Yeah, yeah. that was really good. Yes. One of those like an hour so I could go get food. Yeah. Uh, and then I came back to watching videos of myself <laughs> instead of...
1: We have to entertain ourselves, yeah.
0: Anyway. Uh... Miss Katie Pilipauskas is here with us this week. So, Yay. claps. Hi. Hey, Chip. Uh,
1: <laughs> Hi, Chip. Yeah. I'm glad your plane didn't crash.
0: She had um, some amazing observations. This was a really cool rewatch because I actually saw a lot of things that I didn't notice. And you can probably guess I've seen the movie a lot of times. No, not I picked you. up so many details that I'd never seen. like uh, Like, there was a guy named Doug. Was it Doug Culpepper yeah. or something? Who was uh, the teacher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never even realized he had a name in the thing. Yeah. But the thing I want to talk about... Well, let me start off with the questions that I always love asking my guests. Uh, uh, well, first, let me get your opinion. What did you think about the movie?
1: I thought I was not going to like it. Like everybody else, I thought it was a dumb sports movie at first. Um, but, it, I mean, not when I first started watching it. But I really enjoyed it, and I definitely will be watching it again.
0: Excellent. So, so my big questions I always ask is when do you think that the character pat fell in love with tiffany when did tiffany fall in love with pat and what kind of relationship were they looking for uh you had some very interesting observations that i didn't even think of when we were watching it uh so can you can you explain some of those moments if you remember
1: yeah um Um, well see it's all like for like you know we paused the movie like a hundred times in the first 30 minutes um But the first time that I noticed that it was kind of a mutual but confused feeling was when she leaps out of the bushes and she yells, Hey! When they're running. Um, Because it caught him off guard. But he was hoping to see her. He was running past her house, you know? So there was already that inkling there. I wouldn't say that they were madly in love at that point. But I think that they also fall in and out of love quite a few times. And that's the
0: interesting part that I'm so fascinated by because I think I'm just a dumb boy who always thinks... uh movie uh, uh relationship progression is like oh the characters fall in love and then they work towards a thing and and you identified several points where you thought that maybe they question themselves and fall out of love yeah when and, were some of those um
1: exactly? oh man okay so they fought like she falls out of love for sure when they're talking about the dance stuff um but also, that, those scenes were really intense. I'm going to, to tie back into it, hopefully. My ADHD is going to be real random. It's rampant. absolutely fine. Um, they started falling in love with themselves, which I felt like during those scenes, yeah. It was more of a love story, I guess, like between them accepting who they are, but also if they don't exist, or, you know, <laughs> but... Can't get too far ahead. Another
0: so. super important thing that I had never thought about, the characters falling in love with themselves. And I think that's such an important part of the concept of love. We've talked about love on previous podcasts, and that's an important thing, right? Like I think in we always think of relationships as two people pairing together um, and sort of like finding that compatibility and perfection. But I think it's a very important thing, for people to know who they are and to accept themselves, right? Because how can you connect with another person if you don't know what you're even bringing?
1: Yes, and also, if you're bringing something like, you know, in the very beginning we talked about um, when they meet at the... Oh, no, we didn't talk about when they meet at the dinner. um, She was putting on a front. So he's intrigued by her at that point, but he doesn't know what what he's dealing with. And she doesn't know... Because they're both kind of... Well, he's a little bit more... I'd say he's a little bit more authentic in that scene because he doesn't necessarily want to be there, but, like, he's hoping maybe to see Nikki or something like that, and there's all these other emotions, but he's very centralized on him. That's, like, like narcissistic, you know... Not narcissistic, but, like, very self-centered type stuff. So... I think that she sees something in him. We have a soundtrack now. I it. <laughs> we don't own the rights to this. <laughs> um... But she sees somebody that might be broken, and she might be looking to fix something in herself at that point. So she's looking to maybe... Do you think it was
0: more of a project during the first meeting? Do you, at the dinner, do you think she was more interested uh, with him? I think she was intrigued.
1: I, I know I've been saying that word a lot. Um, but I don't know if she saw him as a project, but it was something because it, it seems like she... You know, she does the dance thing. You know, She's not the most amazing or whatever, but she's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I wouldn't say, it, it didn't give me project vibes, it gave me, um, oh, I just said vibes. <laughs> um, she just wanted to know more. He was, he was interesting to her, and uh, I feel like she wanted to know more, so that's a level of attraction. Uh, especially if you know, like, you're sapiosexual or that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I like learning about people, so maybe I also maybe I see that aspect of Tiffany in myself. So that's what I saw when I watched that scene. But she wasn't being herself in that scene. She was like trying to put out these these tendrils of uh, of her needs and and wants mm-hmm. and desires to try to get what she wanted but like using the wrong things to get what she authentically wanted which i think was companionship it's it's a it's kind of that gray area between love and friendship like lovers and friendship
0: Absolutely. The reason uh, that all of these questions ever came up to me was because, like, I've been a fan of this movie for over eight years. It's been out for like ten years. I sound like a
1: hoity-toity uh, little jerk, though. I'm sorry. You still big missus. Because sorry.
0: you are. That is part of the credits. We <laughs> left off. And, uh, our next guest is a hoity-toity jerk that is totally. No, it's fine. Sorry. Um, well, no, that, so actually, okay, and. One of the interesting things that I wanted to bring up, because you brought this out in the movie, you, uh, your questions and your your observations brought out so many things that I had never had a read on this movie. And one of the things I thought was super interesting to think about was that Pat really exhibited almost like a toxic positivity in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That he... Um, it is a movie that is supposed to be about having a positive outlook and a good perspective, but he was just glossing over any... Yeah. Like reality of evil. Any weakness by just saying, uh, think, like, just look for a happy ending or something. Exactly.
1: Excelsior. But that's also what you learn in rehab and stuff like that. Um, I've been to psych rehab and they teach you a very set standard or, you know, depending on what kind of program you go to. Mine wasn't the greatest, but, you know, I was young also. But they teach you these coping skills and coping mechanisms and yeah toxic positivity and you get kind of brainwashed in a way to kind of trick yourself into just having a better outlook which is to me kind of a (laughs) cop-out
0: which is interesting because i think it actually makes him have a character arc that is opposite to what most protagonists might have through a movie he starts off saying like super kind super hopeful things Mm -hmm. he gets down to a
1: that's that's okay. the trick of it, because he's saying all these positive things, not for anybody else. He's saying that because he has a desire to fix things with Nikki. You're right. So that's where like the the like we were talking about what makes a psychopath. I think that was last week, or was it the week before you said like
0: we talk the, about what makes a psychopath pretty much every day. <laughs> it's not foremost <laughs> on our thoughts. Okay. Yep.
1: Um <laughs> and yeah. weird documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like he is so honed in on his goal, which that can be toxic and stuff, and that's something that can also happen after rehab and things like that like or people go like they go to therapy and they might not have a therapist that they're honest with, so that therapist might mold them accidentally or unintentionally into something that um, is is a toxic trait, and then you have to unlearn that behavior you know and at different stages in your life, certain things will work and certain things won't. and so oh man, now I'm thinking like ahead to the end of the movie. Ah. Um, But Well,
0: let's jump around a little bit because the thing I really wanted to talk to you about and the reason we used a quote from The Sixth Sense at the beginning of this movie because you very early into the movie had a theory that I at first was was trying to just steamroll over because I was like, this is a romantic comedy. It's a dramedy. Uh, And I was trying to explain it away, but I really dropped my presupposition very quickly because as I thought about what you were saying, uh, it, I didn't really have any arguments against what you were saying.
1: That's because and you're a romantic and you do well. You tend to watch movies that are have that kind of whimsy and that romance in it. So that's your frame of reference. I watch a lot of psycho thrillers. <laughs> so... Watch a lot of really messed up stuff. Not really messed up, but like I like stuff that are that's you know conflicted mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So again, that's like.
0: And when watching hard it hard with that something. little tiny mm-hmm. uh, different perspective,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: the clues are there. And let me see if I can get this straight. I had I had joked I've I've joked with my buddy uh, Jason previously that maybe he never leaves the mental institution. We've we've all sort of. Gone into the SLP theories that maybe Danny was fictional, but you suggested.
1: Oh, Danny. oh yeah,
0: Danny. Yeah. yeah. And I think Chris, that's one of that's, that's Chris. That's like the yeah. total level one conspiracy theory, because that's very easy. You can explain him away. But <laughs> you, you can explain suggested... explain him away.
1: story
0: of my life. <laughs> that Pat killed his. Well, uh, well we have several things yes. to discuss. Several. The first theory. As it was like a that knife cat killed Nikki, and maybe this whole or ma- thing... Or
1: maimed her really bad, and that's mm-hmm. why he has a restraining order. So yeah, there's a bunch of... Like, he definitely injured her more than just emotionally.
0: Which is, which is one of the... So let's just go through the different theories. Because wasn't it court-ordered? Wasn't there
1: restraining? It was, it yeah, is. so there had to be some legal aspect, like...
0: It starts... The movie starts with his mother judges. checking him out. And, and there is even some questions... Uh, in the film, the the filmmaker brings up about, like, was this a legitimate, was he allowed to leave? The dad Mm -hmm. instantly is like, you're not supposed to be here. I didn't think, and he, he explains it away, but we don't have any authority telling us that he wasn't supposed to be there. But also, the cop
1: is, oh man, now I think about it this way, the cop, like, he seems like, I've been assigned to your case, like, he wasn't prepared enough for it. Because he does handle the situations kind of brashly, but... Like when you are, I guess when you are assigned something like that, I would assume that um, they would have like a whole a whole jacket on you, mm-hmm. like and all sorts of stuff. So he he also did seem fairly unprepared. He
0: acts like a effect. family friend. He just like shows up when he hears some noise. He's like, I'm, I'm just checking yeah. on you. It's also it's a weird it's uh, a
1: mean, weird character.
0: He is, and I and I'm so let's
1: watch it again tonight. Now.
0: You <laughs> were breaking down some of the actual cinematography, and when I when I watched that, they. They shoot Officer Keogh, very interesting, because what happens is there's a close-up of his face. They open the door. Yeah. There's a close-up of his face so you know that there is a man at the door. And yes. then they do a close-up of his his name tag, so you know his name. Then they do a close-up of his police badge. That so could you, be
1: that could be uh, from Pat's perspective. That's what I'm
0: saying. It's Ooh. it's actually like they're visually telling you. Hey, he is piecing together the idea of this is a uh, police officer instead of actually. You just didn't mention the that character. before. I. It was Go something up. that I, hooked me. <laughs> there was a lot of things going on because I think we spent we spent like four hours legitimately watching the first forty minutes of the film oh, the yeah? first time.
1: Oh yeah, easy, <laughs> <laughs> easy. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: no, it's wonderful. I, just, I want to skip ahead really quick just so I can make sure we cover everything a little bit when we finally did the final watch through where we completed it uh with with your friends you were had the new theory that maybe this was like uh a kid's like a playground type story like these were all in high school imagine like an older peanuts and that He was just turning it into, like, these adult scenarios, but it was sort of in the imagination of a a kid that didn't have enough, um, a good relationship with his father parents. Like, he, Mm -hmm. a relationship that might not even be biological.
1: Oh. If you you had so much, like... Yeah, I remember. Oh, that was, yeah, that was at at their house. mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because, yeah, because the way he... Oh, Because we
0: were breaking down the events, and we're like, everything has a parallel four little school rules. Like, mm-hmm. like the dance could have just been how he was justifying going to prom or something. Yeah, or homecoming uh, or oh, you know, homecoming with
1: football and stuff and like he, that because he had the football yeah. thing. Oh my goodness, bam! Cause, okay, because he had to go to the football thing and his dad's betting on the game and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that, oh, that could be, that's wild. Because yeah, the da- like he had to choose between going to football or... Which is a very
0: high school type yeah, situation going to for a like... And, you know, they want to have a girlfriend, but they're totally into the sports thing, and they yeah, don't I'm, want to do the oh dance, but God. they got I'm like, to. I just
1: got, like, tingles. Oh, man. But, yeah, and then they're running. They're playing tag, basically. Um, and it's, like, kind of the same as, like, you know, asking for a, a hall pass to go to the bathroom and walking past mm-hmm. her classroom to see just a glimpse of her or see if, like, see which which classroom she's in, mm-hmm. you know. I know that I saw her down this hallway or whatever for a second period.
0: He had and and like all these reading, he's doing all this high school reading throughout the movie. And we're told he just wants to do that, but like that also fits in the theory if he actually is a kid in school and he's just making This story that he's an adult—he created this whole story. And Nikki, yeah. Why would a man just read a farewell to arms as an? I mean, I know. Well, because Nikki is teaching. uh,
1: Nikki is supposedly teaching it. So, man, that could be very convoluted. Where he's he's confusing like his classwork. He just have a crush
0: on his teacher.
1: Ooh. And.
0: (laughs) And maybe that, and like he is just. Maybe jealous she's, of maybe she's. Maybe they're
1: in college, like their freshman year in college, or taking college classes, like as a senior. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's an English major or something like that. She's in an English and dance or whatever, and he's a sports guy. Absolutely. So let's, Maybe he missed like the combine for for college, like that's why he had to choose between you know like over go go to to that game. Let's to the
0: most exciting Sorry. and scandalous <laughs> part of your theory, and that is that Pat killed Nikki and is dealing with the. Guilt, psychological, and maybe not guilt, because that's what what a lot of our psychopath conversation. But we, but you had some some evidence uh, observations, especially from like his behavior in the therapy sessions, mm-hmm. um, of him being like somebody who may have just killed or assaulted his
1: mm-hmm.
0: his. Um, you know, it's we haven't even decided it. who it is. Nikki, we'll just call her Nikki because yeah, that, that would be the that's victim. <laughs> Yeah, and then him being in the therapy and mm-hmm. just being like, uh, "Why is everybody?" You know, like uh, I didn't
1: do anything. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you know, so he could he could even be aware that he did it.
0: Because clearly, he's not aware that he did something. Like we we can't trust him as a narrator. Yes. To honestly even Same with her say.
1: His, <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, this is is the amazing part, right? We watched Titanic after Silver Linings Playbook. We watched one of the most classic love stories of all time, and then we watched the movie Titanic right after. And Ah! we watched it way faster. It took, we could have watched Titanic three times in the time that we watched Silver Linings Playbook. Right? And then I had the theory, uh, following Katie's idea, that possibly, what was mine? Jack didn't exist? Was that Yes, yes. That, Jack doesn't uh,
1: exist. And I thought that maybe she got like she got knocked out by Cal and she was actually in a coma <laughs>
0: or something while she was on the ship. She was in sickbay. It had been 84 years. It's been
1: 84 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to trust this woman that her memory. She's had, never like, told
1: anyone before. He only exists in my memory.
0: If I. And I and hope. That ties into Sliver. Like, oh. When i old, I'm just going to make up all these stories about amazing things that happen. When I was young, I'm just gonna be in the nursing home.
1: It's band, like big like, fish. And boom.
0: All fish. right, let's go back to dead people. Dead people. All right. Sixth Sense,
1: No, I'm kidding.
0: So okay. the the reason you you brought up the idea that he had killed Nikki, and I was hesitant at first, but but instantly he killed her. She I jumped it. to this idea. She's at dead the end.
1: somehow. Either like like sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
0: No, please, you're the guest. The They have heard from me all I can. You're here to bring new perspective because I've I've been rehashing the same things for (laughs) 76 weeks now.
1: 77.
0: I recorded two episodes in one week. So I've actually only been recording for 76 weeks, which if you'd listen to episodes like 50 through
1: 60 you would have known because I know well, I, have to, I have to I have to pause fine. them every 10 minutes to think about it yeah I just started I'm on episode but 2 so, so <laughs> Nikki
0: may be dead and I instantly
1: or she might not exist what? he could have killed a puppy or something he, you, something triggered his his psychotic brain what
0: do you think is like you came up with both of those theories but which which are you leaning towards? Would you rather Nikki doesn't exist at all or Nikki was killed? Which do you think are strong? In the towards?
1: first half of the movie I thought that he had done something to her um, and there's <clears throat> there's certain parts of the movie where that that conspiracy or theory or both uh, can be picked apart because I was I was coming up with this before I'd seen the whole film I So the, context makes you know all the difference.
0: But I feel like the evidence is you're very much there because as I was watching. She doesn't exist
1: anymore for whatever reason. She doesn't. Like I like that's I'm yeah. I'm solid on that. Because the way she was lit in the scene where she's sitting in between her two friends or his two friends, Julia Stiles mm-hmm. and
0: um, uh, Ronnie and Veronica Ronnie is the and character Veronica, name. Yeah. I don't know his actor name, but I know
1: um, yeah. I know, I'm sorry, sir. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> Wherever you are. Um I could look that up right here, I got a laptop. I should,
0: I usually research these things, but it's not... You had no idea
1: where I was going, because this is off the cuff, I would
0: never, I couldn't even plan for this one. (laughs) I I wrote some show notes.
1: (laughs) Cotton Gin Studios, everybody. yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I don't think that she exists anymore, regardless. And I know that she was not there. Like, in my mind of minds or whatever, she was not at that dance competition. There's absolutely no way.
0: And knowing the way that she's filmed at the end was exactly why I never uh, told you that, like, that wasn't a plausible theory. Because I was about to. Right when you brought it up the first time, I was about to say, no, wait, she appears at the end of the movie. But then I thought about it. she doesn't appear in the book, though, you said. they portray it in such a way... It reminded me of The Sixth Sense, actually. Yep. Um, It reminded me of, like, this character where, uh, like, she technically says a couple things to Pat.
1: John Ortiz. Sorry, John.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know who uh, I'm going to do a profile on next week. One of the only characters that I haven't done a full breakdown of. But they do, they they film her. See, he's hacking (laughs) up the body right now. (laughs) We are constructing theories, <laughs> and
1: we don't even need a sounding board. No,
0: I. don't <laughs> right? But they—they portray uh, they she. Uh, she's framed so that um, she looks like a betrayal, like the memory of her friends or something right she doesn't really interact with anybody the only lines she's visually heard is between her and pat and it's basically like hey how are you well
1: ronnie and veronica though they kind (laughs) of lean in but it's like they both lean into her so she's like a passage Mm -hmm. between those two like like i'm pretty sure that they lean over and talk well i have to i'd have to go back but they
0: lean in and talk but you can't none of it can be heard and
1: she Uh, she makes (laughs) vague gestures and things like that but um
0: but that's also the way, like, The Sixth Sense played it, where yeah. they would position a character so you assumed they were interacting, exactly. but when you look back, you mm-hmm. realize. He's
1: pulling a shyamalan
0: Yeah, David O. Russell is an even better director than most of you all realize because he shyamalaned better than Shyamalan. You didn't even know there was going to be a plot twist in this film. Also, the characters are aging incredibly fast. That M Night Shyamalan appears in Silver Linings Playbook twice. If you were the <laughs> first person to find those scenes that he is in, email me at silverliningsplaycast at gmail dot com to win your prize, which is
1: none of true. of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A uh,
0: fixed chair.
1: Speaking of um, <clears throat> of uh, aging,
0: mm-hmm. do we want oh. broccoli
1: in this pasta sauce? Yes. Awesome.
0: Yes. What uh, What? What are you making?
1: Uh, surprise pasta. Okay, <laughs> surprise
0: pasta. That's my absolute favorite. Then I
1: have... Uh, oh, yeah, Here. let's talk about that for <coughs> a second so I can get back on
0: track. let talk about... I talk about... Like, all that has to be brought up... SLP has to be referenced once in an episode. <laughs> it does not have to be talked about. We have talked about everything. I have literally just read chapters of Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard book after saying, my favorite book's other than Silver Linings Playbook, so please talk about food because you cook a lot and you've been making some great
1: stuff. Uh, what are you? You made some great what, stuff last night. And Jamie as well. here. Yeah, and he cooks. Uh, oh, Jesus! <laughs>
0: we are, are so tonight. I um, believe you are. I know. I see some spaghetti squash mm-hmm. that is out there, and you have some red sauces yes. and some white sauces. I made some that white from, sauces. from scratch. Uh, what? What are some of the ingredients that you are
1: playing with uh, tonight? I'm just kind of cleaning out the fridge and the freezer so that I can restock a little bit more. Tell
0: us what state we're in right now. Oh, we're in uh, Louisiana. Because you you guys know, if you have listened to this or just know me in person, which I know every one of you have, you know that I am always running to this state for the food because I love, I'll be honest, okay, I'm, I'm in love with the idea of Cajun food and stuff. Uh, I had a po' boy for the first time.
1: Ooh, hey, plug. Plug for Daryl's in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Yes. First po' boy experience for Jamie, and it was heavenly for us. It world.
0: was amazing. I, it really... I'm,
1: There's y- a sponsor right there.
0: You know I used to love uh, the, the uh, Chicago... Dipped beef sandwiches, but this one, I, like... Okay, I, I will always love potatoes, but this, like this... This it was just different because there was a lot more stuff. On, like, okay, I like the Chicago sandwich because of the simplicity. It's the beef, you get some peppers, and they dip it in the au jus. Mm-hmm. Uh, this po' boy takes a whole different sort of approach of, like, let's load this up
1: with flavors and... Um, Turkey, ham, and roast beef. Mm-hmm. You got some lettuce, some cheese, yeah, gravy, beef gravy, yeah. Um, and then they have the uh, mayonnaise. You got to get that on the side though, because if you're gonna eat like the second one, because you both order a large. You're not, You're basically. You just order a small if you're gonna just eat by yourself. But also, <laughs> so we, we took a whole one hole.
0: The thing I love about the menu was it was the most heavily sponsored menu. It looked like we were ordering off a NASCAR. There, <laughs> there was literally more advertisements so than calendar. there were items. So maybe, maybe they do need a podcast sponsor. Maybe the podcast needs a sandwich sponsor. Either way, the uh, maybe maybe I'll do a master class, a sandwich master class next. Um,
1: Ooh, hey, we need to have
0: a grilled cheese contest. Grilled cheese? What? Okay. how cheese
1: before you sing. What?
0: <laughs> What's your favorite kind of grilled cheese? How would you construct a perfect grilled cheese? Grilled Ooh. cheese of your dreams.
1: I'm bougie. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did have a grilled cheese contest here when it froze last winter. Um, oh, let's man. step back. What's your favorite cheese? Oh, God. Uh, there's so much. I just had one that started with an M the other day, and I got it from Whole Foods. What are to... your
0: favorite cheeses? You're not gonna hold to you to your favorite.
1: I know, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> okay,
0: well, let's go back and forth because I'm going I've had some new cheeses recently, and then uh, one of my favorite. I like, and it's it's gonna be a little boring and safe, but I love Ricotta. Ah. Uh, it's it's you know I love the texture and I love how versatile it is. I love you can take it savory. I love you can take it sweet. Um, it's soft. You don't. You know. It doesn't tire my mouth. My mouth out. Uh, mushing on it. I'm gonna be able to eat it when I'm old. Ricotta. That's that's it's, one of my it, favorites.
1: It is like kind of like. Um, it's like cottage cheese, but without like the, the ick factor that some people get. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So well, speaking of ricotta, mm-hmm. also known as farmer's cheese, I think in some regions. That's it? Um, Jamie and I made some ricotta. We did the other day. He's I'm always wanted to make cheese. That's
0: really, really, really <laughs> really made cheese.
1: My favorite cheese is from under cheese. <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, gonna no. be
0: the first edit in 76 weeks, no. and I'm probably gonna forget too. So
1: <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, folks. Ah, oh, crap! I was looking something up. Um, yeah, hon, cheese. You know what
0: we're gonna have to do sometime because Chip and I just started. we're gonna have to do a. Um, a conference episode sometimes where we
1: all. Oh yes. That was You're a dream. We're
0: going to run a game show. You're right. We did. We talked about podcasting years ago. Yes,
1: um, we did. Wow, that was actually a really long time ago. It. it Mimolet. Mimolet. Yes.
0: I've heard of that. I'm not familiar with that. I got
1: a small piece, and mm-hmm. it looked like a slice of pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. and it was easily like. Mm-hmm. The best cheese i would had in a very long time. Excellent.
0: Do you like hard cheeses or soft cheeses better?
1: All of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole drawer full of
0: cheese upstairs. There's different uses and applications that make them perfect. Like,
1: yeah, like I love a good baked yeah. brie with like, oh, I made, like, I made one.
0: Brie is very good. Yeah,
1: and you can just put whatever you want. Because sometimes I want a mild cheese, sometimes I want mm-hmm. a stronger cheese. I love, I love marinated mozzarella too because that's the Italian and but also I love like a good sharp like extra sharp New York cheddar absolutely have you ever had like cheese curds in Wisconsin
0: uh I, I feel like I have because it's I I, I don't have I probably not not good enough
1: because do I they don't do? have the
0: memory of it I want I what do they I,
1: do when you bite into them
0: uh I guess I haven't I haven't had the West Cheese are
1: Fresh, fresh, they squeak against your teeth. Do they? Yes. We have to go to the Mars Cheese Castle, write need, it down. <laughs> I need
0: that. Okay. <laughs> that's that's an experience I need. Because because I am a fan of cheese curd and it's not available uh, any of the places I shop.
1: God, now I'm sidetracked and like looking up alphabetical cheese.
0: But uh, uh, I'll tell so I had for the first time the other day uh Marscapone.
1: <gasps> marscapone Mars-
0: and it was, uh, it was delicious. Mm.
1: Um, I don't know why I want to make a Cran-Fresh <laughs> It's, uh, it's not going to be one of
0: my favorite cheeses because it was definitely something that's like, this wouldn't go with everything. It's not, no, you but, add but it was to a stuff. very oh, specific, it was like a good dessert cheese. Um, it was, it was sweet. Because there's, okay, so like, I love, uh, I don't know how to say Gruyere.
1: Gruyere?
0: Gruyere. 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 Yeah. I usually, that because I love French onion soup. Um, and, like, Speaking that's the perfect onions. soup for that. But it's also, I, I wouldn't probably sit down and just eat uh, real, uh... Real you know, real that's real. a good
1: one to, like, shave down mm-hmm. and, like, put... Oh, you haven't seen, um, uh, Picking, or er, Picking, Pushing Daisies? There's a scene in there where they, they talk about pies, and, uh, she bakes Gruyere into the into the crust for her
0: hands. Like, five episodes we had a guest that said that was one of his guilty pleasure shows. It's I not believe. a guilty
1: pleasure, it's a great friggin' show. I don't <laughs> think, Guilty Pleasure
0: wasn't the right.
1: It's uh, Lee Pace, ones. also The Fall. Look at how everything ties in together. Get out of my brain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm just on this. fire. Right, so there's uh, gonna be
1: sound effects because now I got. It's
0: good. That that lets people know that this is real. And, Scrap bag. Uh, also, see you see how how you guys <laughs> as listeners have saved me because how many weeks have you listened to this and I am in the dungeon, uh, Technically sad Technically you're I in the it, lair. No. Yeah, it's different though. I'm out. I.
1: How, you're back on the road. I haven't. Uh,
0: I've I've had human contact within the last forty eight hours, which is very different from many of these podcasts, which has been like months of the only use of my voice was recording these. Um, oh, you were about to cut in onions right now. Mm-hmm. This is just becoming a cooking narrated. Never
1: mind. Well, when we were talking about French onion soup, I was like, oh, I gotta do the onions, but Gruyere and like okay so you were talking about grilled cheese mm-hmm. you can take rear caramelized onions and like a like slices of bacon or something mm-hmm. and i did a grilled cheese so i mean i know it's technically a sandwich at that point but um, i did french toast as the the slices i, I yeah hold up <laughs> i know french toast hold is like up. your favorite rewind and explain this to me again cuz
0: i wasn't prepared <laughs> to hear the what was this? Can you can you describe the construction <laughs> layer by layer of this thing that you just said you created? Oh, there's this, a
1: bee. This. Oh, come on, you butthole.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Extra sound effects. That's why. Yeah, okay, so,
0: okay,
1: yeah. Okay, so I, had, okay. I had Gruyere. Or no, no, I'm sorry. It was smoked Gouda. It wasn't Gruyere. I lied. It was smoked Gouda. And I caramelized some onions. One of my favorites, okay. Right?
0: Yes, okay. Um,
1: I put some, some of that fig jam that we ate the other day with the ricotta. Mm hmm. I put some of that on there. Mm hmm. <laughs> and um, I did um, French toast. I bought some, yeah, like as the bread. <laughs> so. I. <laughs> I only egged one side
0: though. I want that to happen.
1: Hey, hey. You can't eat cheese before you say. <laughs>
0: I know you like this is a thing that doesn't need that like needs to not happen no, in the, it does. In the like, near future love. but in the future future but Ugh. like i got to uh, make uh,
1: too cut- uh, uh, cut- uh, cut-
0: oh, cut- goodness, cut- I never so one of the things in learning to love myself <laughs> is stopping to keto to absolutely stopping keto enjoying things having things I, and not holding myself to only enjoying what society says is the Proper things like a savory grilled cheese sandwich, like mm-hmm. a steak and shakes. Throw a craft single on two greased pieces of bread and Though toast. Sometimes
1: it. that's absolutely necessary. Sometimes it's amazing. <laughs> it's
0: a great baseline. But you just described something that is that is combining the savory and sweet, which is yes. It opened up a whole new, a
1: whole
0: new world, world of just uh, mouth experiences. To to like even just the cheese and pepper jam. Or fig jam? Yeah, the fig jam. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Just
0: the sweet and the cheese. So good. Especially with
1: those crackers.
0: It changes everything. And for you to talk about French toast on a grilled cheese sandwich, I just, I'm <laughs> sad that this is not a thing I mean, that's they ever make burgers happened.
1: With
0: donuts. They do. And it is. Im-
1: Incredible. Sometimes. Right? It- yeah. I, so, I, I, you know yeah. what, though? It's still not better than Raisin Bran.
0: Raisin Bran is such a solid cereal. I don't know if people... Digs really... and
1: dates and raisins. It's the same thing.
0: They They're are. not. No,
1: not.
0: Okay, so I made a TikTok about <laughs> dates being... Ra- like, it was supposed to be funny. Anybody that's been following this... like, I like how... Y'all see how seriously I take this. I act like this is a heavily listened to and followed thing, and that I I proceed like I have a fan base. Every time I reference something, I'm like, if you guys listen back to Ep- you clearly know. <laughs> but, like, no, I know, right? Guys, uh... I made a TikTok where I was making a joke about dates and raisins being the same thing. I, I put myself out there and now I've gotten a several angry comments with a couple random people going back and forth that I'm wrong. And that's not the, like, that's what happens on the internet. You make a joke and people want to fact check you on a joke because they take things Fake way news. too seriously. Fake news. <clears throat> But, like, all news is kind of fake. Right? If you think about it. Because, like...
1: You weren't there. What
0: happened is what happened. Exactly. Unless you get a first-hand account. And even from the movie, we realize first-hand accounts can be unreliable. Absolutely. Because sometimes the narrator is unreliable.
1: Ooh, you know what? Let's talk about that, speaking of. Mm -hmm. um, Do you notice that his memory... I'm not sure if I'm accurate with this, but this does seem vaguely familiar. Does his memory of Nikki shift and change... Does he remember different things or remember them differently throughout the movie? Cuz I think that's a possibility, which could also
0: I think he actually absolutely trauma. does in the movie because I I think I think they try to show that in the like in the beginning he remembers everything perfectly and he is not uh He's fresh
1: in his brain, yeah.
0: Cuz one of the scenes I noticed this time if you remembered it it's it's like the third running scene Jennifer Lawrence is not in her running clothes. He just uh, and he and he's like because it was funny and I didn't realize how funny this scene was where he's talking about everything that was wrong with his relationship with Nikki. He's like she only wanted to change me. She just wanted to get, make me get rid of all my habits and maybe she was a little harsh but like he yeah. keeps listing all yeah. the things that were negative. And
1: that also could be that also could be his relationship with his father or his mother or that's another thing that we talked about. He could be Oh, man, yeah, no, crap, never mind,
0: I lost it. <laughs> but, but the book absolutely does what you said. because the, So the themes of the book are so different. The themes of the book, he's paranoid. Uh, because he's in the institution for five years. And so the book is actually about, he comes out and he doesn't even recognize his town.
1: I have a new theory. What is your new theory? You know how they like his, his dad and him fight? Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings him back, and he gets very childlike. Yes. Childlike. What if the reason that he's in rehab is because also oh, when then when his dad answers the door and he's like, you know, it was just a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. because that also happened with Nick or not Nikki with uh, with Tiffany and him when he kind of blurs out mm-hmm. when she's like, you harassed me or whatever. That could be a flashback <laughs> to his dad probably beating the crap out of him when he was a kid mm-hmm. and blaming it on Pat. Absolutely. Oh, man. That's, uh... (laughs) That's so sad.
0: That's the thing you pointed out, too. The whole idea that, um... He might not
1: even be his kid. He
0: might not be, because there's definitely a lot of dialogue that is, like, not natural, real people speak. In the beginning. Where where, uh, Robert De Niro keeps being like, I'm your dad. You're my... Like... But like keeps reinforcing this point verbally mm-hmm. that people wouldn't really say in real life. He keeps saying, like, "You're my son. Watch football like a son would with his yep. father." And it's. Um, and
1: I firsthand have uh, have witnessed that when uh, like later on, mm-hmm. I know somebody personally that found out as an adult that they even though she was mm-hmm. raised by her father, it's not her biological Absolutely. father. And he is very similar to that with, like, oh, I'm your dad. I'm your dad. You mm-hmm. know? So um, that also, again, that's my frame of reference. But, yeah.
0: But I have a very similar frame. Uh, just to, uh, I mm-hmm. actually found out that my parents are not my biological parents. I, there was indicators that I did not look like them most of my life. But actually, <laughs> two years ago, I tried to buy kimchi and... Every white person in my house said, this is the most disgusting smell I've ever smelled. You are not allowed to have that. And I loved it. And, I, you know and that's when I did some research and found out I'm Korean. Uh, and that I am genetically predisposed to eating kimchi and loving kimchi.
1: Let them have cake. Here's some kimchi right here. Oh, and there's Take a, a big bottle time. of
0: kimchi. because. Okay, so the sound effects you are about to hear right now are me eating fermented cabbage kimchi. Oh
1: my god,
0: that looks so good. good. It is. It is so good. Mm. I wish... I understand why some people may not like it, but I... But it's a great food. I... It's super healthy, um, it smells strong, but like, you get used, it's garlic, you know, there's pepper, mm-hmm. and cabbage. <clears throat>
1: That's what kind
0: has shrimp in it though. Does, this has shrimp in it? It has shrimp something, is it shrimp sauce? Oh my
1: goodness,
0: it does have shrimp, this has shrimp sauce, fish
1: sauce, yeah. anchovy extra, mm-hmm.
0: Wow, this is the most, like, Asian one I've ever had, actually. you well welcome. We went to an Asian market last night to get authentic Asian food, and... That was quite a experience. We got all these... Um, <laughs> uh,
1: all the Americanized crap. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah, what's this Mr. Squid stuff? Baked seasoned
0: squid? I wish you guys could see this. Can you get a, a...
1: Can you put something in the show notes? I will.
0: It looks like it... <laughs> It looks kind of like a Pringles can with a smiling squid who is winking, and he has these amazing Ira Glass glasses on. He looks Uh, like he's going to podcast, and it says Mr. Squid, which I think is hilarious because this is another product that uh, it's like it puts a happy version of the animal on it as the logo, but you are going to eat it. There's a dead one inside. Yeah. Oh, this is a Thailand product too. So, mm-hmm. Chip, maybe you've had Mr. Squid, baked seasoned squid. Check it out. Let us know if it's good. actually. You don't have to. We have a can right here.
1: We still. Uh, you can. You can email us at SilverliningsPlaycast at Google. We can get around. We could. We could.
0: Uh, we could stream uh, all a taste testing at some point. All the find some weird foods, and I'll video conference call with you, and we can eat weird Asian video meal. Anyway. Um, do you do you know the food? Th- have you ever watched the Food Theory channel, the YouTube Food Theory channel?
1: Is that the one where they they take like different things and they try them together because they taste? No, there's food a guy
0: who comes up with like conspiracy theories about food.
1: No, but that sounds amazing, right
0: down. Okay, <laughs> oh actually, God.
1: wait, I think I've seen something about that because I know like oh, is that the one where they do the episode on MSG? I
0: don't, I don't know. I haven't seen all. Of them. He started with a, a game theory and a movie theory channel, and then he. Got into food. And he told me the most... Not me. I watched a video on one of the most amazing food conspiracies that I ever heard. Have you ever heard uh, that Thailand... Doesn't exist. A whole bunch of chefs over to America to make Americans love Thailand. There's an actual governmental program to train Thai chefs just to come to America to open Thai restaurants so that they and that uh, and that's like saying, the
1: ultimate that's like the ultimate
0: tourist trap like I want to go to
1: Thailand and then they, they market it that's genius that's what the, I,
0: one I thought it was genius but two I'm like this is also the best conspiracy in the world because like there's nothing wrong with it like you send people over to make people love something about your country and then they want to go visit. visit. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So th- and that That's is what America
1: does with their their Thai niece. restaurants
0: have been throwing up <laughs> everywhere. Like, nobody, oh, yeah. nobody had had Thai food 20 years ago, okay. but like 10 years ago, now everybody is familiar with some type of Thai food. And that as far as ethnic restaurants go, there's more Thai restaurants per capita in America than any... Cause like, really? I, I believe... Um, like. Uh, no, this is weird. But there's more know. Mexican uh, ethnic people in the U.S. than any other group, but there's a, but there's more Thai restaurants per Thai people here yes. than there are Mexican restaurants per Mexican people. Thank you
1: for clearing that up.
0: And that's because the government in Thailand uh, has a program. They train them. They give yeah, them a grant. They say awesome. go to the U.S. And I'm like, yes, every country, please start doing that.
1: I want Lithuania to start doing that. That would be. Amazing.
0: That Okay, that, would, that didn't come out in the credits, but uh, Katie's background is Lithuanian. And, and I am not there's familiar lots of other with... other
1: things. <laughs> <that>. I'm a mutt.
0: I'm a Jew. Oh. <laughs> but what kinds of... Uh, or are you familiar with the Lithuanian cuisine? Ooh, yes.
1: We're uh, actually going to be... all like? There's a lot of potatoes. There's a... Uh, there's a lot of potatoes. Uh, lots of, like... I mean, there's... Okay, so there's this... Since Christmas is coming up, let's talk about that for a second. Um, my family on the south side of Chicago, um, we celebrate on Christmas Eve when we go to midnight mass, or at least I did when I was a kid. I don't really practice anymore, but, um, they do a mass at midnight all in Lithuanian in that neighborhood. And, um, we celebrate something called Kuchus, which is spelled, I think K-U-C-I-O-U-S, but there's like a, there's some like law or something. That's the third
0: remember. B spelling grade champion right there. <laughs>
1: um so that's that's what we celebrate on christmas eve and you do 12 dishes but they're supposed to be meatless but fish is okay and you have a toast and all this kind of stuff it's very traditional um but obviously we've americanized it and it's awesome but it's like the
0: 12 dishes the same symbolism as the 12 12 apostles yeah apostles i think
1: I i think it's the 12 apostles not the twelve days of Christmas. I think it's the twelve. It represents the twelve apostles, or uh, the tw- uh, maybe it's ten, and it's the ten. I can't remember. Okay. Like I, I haven't, I haven't been able to go up there in so long. But actually, that's something that's very interesting. Maybe I'll do that this year for Christmas it's and so There's A lot long. more
0: information than uh, any of us knew about that anyway. So
1: yeah, um, man, they have like they eat a lot of beetroot too, a lot of root vegetables. So. Um, like there's vinaigretas, which is like diced beets and peas and like it's like a pink and green salad. It's just so it's a very colourful vegetable
0: but... based diet then
1: mm, yeah. yeah. Um let I me mean, know they do they do eat a lot of meat, but it's usually like dumplings or something or like Kugolis
0: is Did you described that when we first right, that was one of the first things I ever learned. Uh, through you can you describe that dish because it sounds amazing. And it's still in like a decade. I've never tried it. What is kookulus?
1: I was... I Everybody used to... Oh, I guess my dad used to say that it was like a potato quiche but without the crust. But that's not necessarily accurate on one. Um, we'll
0: look it up and put a picture in the show notes because oh, yeah. I, I've seen a picture of it and it looks kind of amazing. Um Potatoes are wonderful. They're, there's so many things you can do. Oh, with
1: yes. Them, so. That's why I love potato TikTok. Oh, no. <laughs> Here he goes two more hours of my life tonight. No, <laughs> um, yeah, kugelis is um, it's it's potatoes and bacon and onions and condensed milk and eggs um, and it's it's very simple. But you grate the raw potatoes and you bake it in a casserole dish where you like put it in your oven for like five hundred degrees. You just mix it all in a big. It uh-huh. looks like a, it looks like slop when you when you throw it in the casserole dish, but when it comes out, it's just like pillowy. Um, I wouldn't quite say bread pudding. And, I mean, people make it different. Like, some people make it a little bit more dense. They use less milk or more milk. Some, like, more fluffy. But, yeah, I guess it would kind of be like a potato pudding. Um, And you you can cut it into slices or squares. And my favorite part is when you reheat it the next day and you cut it into small slices. And you fry it in some butter in a pan for breakfast. And you put a big old dollop of sour cream on it. That's
0: fascinating, um, I, I don't want to end this though without talking about, uh, what I think is your favorite food of all time. And I've really come around on the philosophy of this because actually a number of years ago when I was at the world series of comedy in Las Vegas, the very first time I ever went, this is like probably eight years ago or something, uh, I was having dinner with one of my fellow comics and we were sort of getting into some deep philosophy and talking about all the sad things that made us both comics and I asked them what their favorite food was and they said soup and I almost wanted to cry because I've always, in my head, thought of soup. It made me so sad. I'd never heard somebody say soup was their favorite food and the only thing I could think of was basically like cabbage water, which is weird because (laughs) I actually love... Hot liquor. Hot liquor. Uh, so like, every, every soup I can think of, I actually do truly love, but I had never thought about the idea of soup. And then uh, several years later, I met Katie, and she said her favorite food was soup. Yes, indeed. And I might have been being a little biased that I didn't want to cry about it. I wanted to somehow make it work. And then she started describing different things and actually has a whole life philosophy that basically, like, life is soup. It is. Why are, why why do you love soup, and what are some of your favorite kinds of soups?
1: I like the soups kind of like I like this pasta sauce, which technically, if you want to break everything down, something can be a soup, a salad, or a sandwich. There is no there is nothing else in existence. That's a whole other theory that we can talk about. Um, but my favorite soups are the ones that... Um, that's still not cooked all the way. It's okay, because I'll cook in the sauce. Um... It's it's like when I clean out my fridge and I just kind of throw some stuff in there. I'm having a bad day. And just that comfortable pot of soup that, like, I did this for myself. I did something nice for myself today. I fed myself. Like, sometimes that's hard, you know, when you're depressed or when you're busy and tired and worn out. And those are, like, those are my favorite soups. But I also really like, if I want to go traditional, my favorite soup, like, that I could eat all the time is... Uh, or um, I can't pronounce it because I have (laughs) a lisp. And I don't speak Lithuanian, but it's a cold beet soup. So, yeah, those would be my two favorites. One of them is just kind of...
0: I think one of the reasons I didn't like soup is because back in 2007, uh, part of the um, counterinsurgency theory I was studying, (laughs) we read a very important book in our military education called learning to eat soup with a knife, and it made an analogy about how to uh, quell the insurgencies, political and religious-based insurgencies in foreign countries is like trying to eat soup with a knife because it's a, you're basically attacking a problem with the wrong type of thing, trying to uh, stop a social problem with a military solution.
1: I'm glad and you're over that now. <laughs> no
0: kidding. Yeah, totally, like, everything's good now. Uh,
1: I mean, Thank God. I don't know um, what I would do without
0: you. So, uh, so maybe that was it. Maybe it was just a philosophical uh, fear of soup. But I actually made soup last night, uh, which was a cold soup mm-hmm. because I learned about cold soup. I've had gazpacho before, which is a cold soup. Uh, is is ice cream soup? It becomes yes. Becomes soup.
1: Um, ice cream would be technically considered. A is
0: soup. cereal soup? Yes. So raisin bran is soup. Yes. So is raisin.
1: Life is soup. It's a metaphor for life.
0: Does that mean my favorite food is soup too? Yes. I'm having, I'm having like a sixth sense flashback now to all the, okay. What is one of your favorite cereals? Ooh. You're talking about this. My default answer is Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
1: Okay. Ooh, I have I'm something. not sure it actually now is. Now I want coffee because I, like, I have Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
0: But right. I like the... Like this, it's probably not. Actually, it's a dependent thing, and there's so many more cereals from.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my two. Then they're gonna they're gonna be very Mm -hmm. esoteric because they mean something to me, (laughs) Um, and I guess I'll tell you why. Because why not? Uh, I like kicks. Because that was one of the fancier cereals that we could get, and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed eating it in the mornings before school and stuff, because we couldn't really afford a whole lot. So, Kix was kind of like a special treat sometimes. Uh, I do like Frosted Flakes, though, too. But then my second favorite, though, is Grape Nuts. Because my mom used to eat those all the time, because she was, you know, trying to diet and doing all this kind of stuff. And I wanted to be more like my mom. And... She would legitimately get mad, though, because they were so much more expensive, and she's like, this is my, this is my cereal. But, like, it was so funny, though, because I'm like, ah, I ate your cereal, but it was, like, cute to me, so I would have to, like, sneak, like, a little mug of Grape Nuts, and I would, like, douse it mm-hmm. with sugar. I mean, that was also, like, the same time that I was, like, sneaking into the pantry and, like, eating scoops of iced tea mix. <laughs> <laughs> so like maybe yeah, maybe I'm just highly addicted to sugar.
0: It could be, like, I
1: don't, well, we all – Ah, sugar conspiracy the
0: theories. Um, so Nikki's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of my, okay, this is not, one of my, I hated cereal when I was younger, but I, so one of the reasons I hated it because my family, uh, I don't remember, like, I don't remember eating much cereal as a kid because we're not a breakfast family, but when I went to my grandparents for Christmas time, uh, my grandparents always had a cereal called, um, was, uh. I think it was called Nut and Honey because honey it was nut like a Cheerios? nut and honey. It was like Honey Nut Cheerios, but flakes.
1: Oh no no! Uh, um, honey Bunches of Oats. No, oh, it's called Nut and Honey. What?
0: Yeah, because they loved making the joke about what do you want, and they'd be like, "Oh, he wants some Nut and Honey, um, or something like that." It was.
1: It I gotta look that
0: up. It was, it was supposed flicks. to be like a cute little thing, but they were so proud. Every morning when they said the same joke, it oh, became my painful. Is... and even I until... do.
1: No, it was not in Honey Crunch. It was Cogs. Hun... Okay, yes. Yeah, that was it. In... And then they had Crunchy Nut because they turned it into a little ring.
0: Yes, that's it. Because I remember the honey scooper thing. And they were just yes. there. And even as a child, not being then a professional comedian, it. I knew that that was not funny.
1: They were making a sex joke? Your grandparents? I
0: don't. I don't yes. think they meant it that way. But if they did, then more credit to them. Uh, but, you know, I mean, actually, a lot of... I feel like that's kind of a parenty joke. When you find a product that's also a phrase to, like, to say it with that inflection, like you're saying a sentence. Parents are so proud when they find... That.
1: Dad it, jokes rule. It's like... I'm telling you. It's like the best... I should just they be... Do. I should just do, like, dad jokes all the time.
0: Absolutely, Uh, almost Katie Pilipauskas. We are at fifty-nine minutes, which is awesome because that means I managed to do an actual full episode. Thank you so much for being (laughs) on this episode. Can we get you back on a new episode sometime to talk? We probably have many more
1: things. Have your people talk to my people? Okay. We will. (laughs) Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, Thank you. This has been amazing. Uh, I hope you guys. If you have any input on these theories. You know, you know always. You know On the outro. I always plug. You can hit us up on all the social medias. This podcast is available where all uh, podcasting platforms are available. And email me at playcast at gmail.com with your theories about did Pat kill his wife? Is Nikki real? Is uh, Danny real? Did Tommy ever exist? I didn't even hit on that. Is Pat's... Uh, Pat Senior's biological son, uh, or do you have your own theories about Silver Linings Playbook? Uh, um, until next time, you know, tune in next week or any week as long as we're doing this. too as far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior.
1: He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane.
0: Keeping energy, G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why they're so
1: messed oh, up in the head. It's a
0: Silver Linings play cast. Oh, yeah.